Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Every Thursday, your hosts, Dan and Dawn, share with you their experience and insights on kink, power exchange, and erotic life, as well as bring you interviews with exciting people from various lifestyles. Then every Monday, you'll hear from our various guest hosts. These nationally known educators bring a variety of experience to the mics and share with you an ever-increasing diverse world of alternative life. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. We're here tonight at a little gathering after our event, Touching Beyond Gender, with Raven, Joshua, and Ruth. We've been having a lovely evening spending some time with you. And we wanted to get a little idea on how the day went for you, how the day went for those of us that have been spending the entire day together learning all this great information. So what do you want to say to all of our people listening? Well, it went really well. We did three classes. The morning one was um, Josh and Ruth talking about uh, what it is to be working as a sacred prostitute and with trans people specifically. The second one was about uh, about sex and relationship with trans folks of all sorts. And that went that went wonderfully. And then we did a ritual that helped people to learn about their energy bodies and the gender of their energy bodies and shift their genders from energetically from uh, male to female to something in between and back. And that went wonderful. Oh, it did. That was great. There was much interesting noises made. (laughs) That we should have recorded for other reasons. (laughs) This morning's class, when we talked about being a sacred prostitute and a sacred whore, one of the things that I really liked about the class was that Josh was saying that he is the theory and that Ruth was the uh, practical part. And the best part about that was that we had both sides, the theory and the practical, in learning how they actually apply it, how we see people who are, people who come as, as clients. And could you share a little bit about when, how you see somebody when they come to you as a client? Or as a seeker? Do you mean with regard to their gender or with... Yeah, I mean, how do you see them with the gender? How do you see them as a person? Do you see their body? Do you see their face? Do you necessarily feel their energy field? Do you... Well... How do you, how do you see them? Okay. I am not, let's say I'm not the most energetically sensitive person in the world, but I, when I'm doing this sort of work, I do spend time beforehand centering myself and sort of tapping in so I can get a, an intuitive sense of things. So when someone comes to me, I you know, obviously look at them, I talk to them, but also I, I check in with myself, I check in with spirit to see what what it is that is going to be the right situation for this person. And in some cases, if that person is presenting with a unique and wonderful expression of gender, um, I will, uh, that will be part of my experience with them. In some cases, that might not necessarily be part of the experience. But when that is a key part of my interaction with them, and it often is, people do often, because they know that this is the sort of work I do, they often want me to help them with their gender-related stuff that they maybe they are transgendered and they want to um, they want someone to sexually validate that the, their bodies their 
identity. Um, sometimes it's people who are just exploring different aspects of their, their gender. So I uh, have an opportunity to work with them hands-on, work with their bodies directly, both talk to them about their um, personal experience of their gender, but also let my body talk to their body and, and learn from their body what, the, what their lived experience of gender is. And that's something that you really feel a calling to do is with different people that identify as transgender. Yes, um, because I live sort of out in the boonies, my opportunities to do this sort of work are a little more limited than they were when I was living in Philadelphia. So I have a more, uh, because I don't have, and my life also, I don't take as many opportunities to, to do this work specifically. So when I do, I really love to focus on populations that I feel a real strong call to work with. And people with any kind of variant gender expression are, I am so called to work with that population. People with various physical disabilities I'm also very called to work with um, because that's a, another issue where a person's experience of their body can cause them a lot of of emotional um, issues related to whether or not their body is sexually desirable. We were talking earlier about how the workshop went. You asked us if it was what we were hoping for, and absolutely it was fantastic from my experience. I know a lot of people have said the same thing. I wanted to know, how did you feel the day went? Did you get some of what you were looking for? This is for really anybody who wants to answer Joshua, Raven, Ruth, but you're on the spot there. Ruth actually came thinking that I, I don't know why Raven is dragging me along to do this. I don't have anything to say. And she had wonderful, wonderful things to say. Absolutely wonderful things yes. to say. Yay, Ruth. Yay. Yay. Um, so she should say something, Ruth. I didn't have anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, um, I was talking to someone in the car um, that, uh, about, uh, about the ritual. And I, I, we've done this, this ritual, this sort of... Um, shifting genders and raising sexual energy and um, through different gender expressions a number and of just, times. Just to the record, what we did with all the sexual energy we raised in this was I was the shaman standing in the middle with the drum and, and picking it all up and focusing it and then aiming it at the target of more trans-positive stuff in the world. Yeah. Just, and I shot all everybody's sexual energy that they were bringing up in this, in this circle with their breathing and their, their various things that were doing to themselves. And I shot it in that direction. So it, maybe it only scattered over the, the lakes region. But yeah. we, have, we have now made some kind of change in the world and had fun doing it. Yes. Um, I've, um, we've done this ritual a number of times, and um, I found it to be a somewhat different experience than in previous times we've done it because this was the first time we've done it for a largely um, energy-aware, spiritually-focused group, um, whereas in the past we've done it for groups where they are either um, focused on gender specifically or on spirituality and gender or maybe um, sexuality and spirituality in a broad sense but not in a like a, a real specific like the people involved are very energetically trained. Or, or in some cases just that it's people who came to a sex event and we were we and a couple of others were sort of the, the obligatory spiritual whatever and this was one of the classes that they took or rituals that they took. Yes, we've sometimes so, had people show up just because they're like, hey, you know, the other two workshops going on right now didn't seem interesting, so I thought I'd check this one out. And some of those have really <laughs> transcendent experiences that they didn't expect. Which is which is amazing. <laughs> and it's wonderful to sort of take someone who's coming at it from sort of like a, a, a base level and 
bring them through a transcendent experience, something that, that, that goes beyond their normal consciousness. But when you're working with a group where a large number of the people already have a certain level of consciousness of the issue and a certain level of awareness of their sexual energy, it turns it into a very different flavor of experience for me. A lot of times when I'm doing, um, doing sexual work with a client, I, there's, most of the times it's what I would call a therapeutic session and that it's based on helping bring them through an experience um, and, and, and do something to them. But then sometimes when I get someone who's very, um, who's uh, more of a, uh, a fellow priest or priestess to me, I, it's not so much therapeutic, it's more of just a celebration. It's more of a sharing. And I found this um, particular instance of this ritual to be much more of a coming together and sharing rather than a Raven and I helping people to do something that they wouldn't otherwise have any uh, awareness of. It was much more um, of, a, of, a, of a shared energy in that way. It was very ecstatic. I mean, yes. It was very, very oh, yeah. joyful and very full, and it was... It, it was. It, the energy, I, I feed off of everyone's energy, and it was just the energy floating in there was very intense. And I really noticed, this is Lynn saying that I really noticed when Raven sent the energy out, he shot it out. Grabbed it, it all up, took like, it away from everybody, and shot it out to see it. And it was just like, it's gone. It was yeah. just like, poof, it's not there no more. Well, so many, so many times when, when there's sexual energy rights, people just sort of raise it and they sort of roll around in it. That's all I think it's for. And for me, okay. as a shaman, that there's, you're supposed to be a purpose to this. Yeah. You're supposed to do something. If you're going to go to all that trouble... You, you the purpose something. is not just to get you all sort of giggly laying on the floor. You know, there's... We, it's more of a... It, it's an act of not just a person... That, that was one of the things, that often we focus this on personal transformation rather than on some sort of outer world kind of thing. And that, that's a very different, that's a, a shift from how we've often done it in the mm -hmm. past. How did it feel for you, Raven, as, as the shaman in the middle of all of this? Did it feel different? Um, no, not necessarily. Um, I think the fact that, uh, that there were a bunch of, of there was, there was that I, about a third of the group there were folks in, in the, uh, the, POTQ, Sacred Horror Brigade, so to speak. Um, yeah, uh, yeah that, that really helped the energy come up faster because mm -hmm. you guys were, were mm -hmm. diving right in and all, if you get a, a room full of people... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very you, little provocation needed for the Sacred Horrors in the group. Yes. Well, sometimes if you get a, a group of people who are sort of like, oh, what is this about? Um, it takes them a while to warm up and that's okay. You know, I, 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 can, I, can, I was just doing a guided meditation with it in the dark with everybody sort of on their little blanket doing their, their own thing to raise sexual energy, and we walked them through shifting to female, shifting to male, and shifting to, to something in the middle, and then they got to come. But um, you guys were real fast. You guys were just diving in and, and bringing that energy up, which helped everyone else to do it real fast, which is why I think we got through it so much faster. Then it, it, was, <laughs> it was a little quick, i got to say that. That was kind of interesting. From my pers perspective, it didn't feel quick. It was just sort of, sort of like, wow. It takes as long as it takes. It, it takes as long as it takes. And in fact, I, I was thinking, we, we better move this along. <laughs> so, um, because so if you're watching the energy flow, like you want to get to the end of the ritual when the energy is at the peak rather than when it's starting to sort yeah. of... Waver, and I guess when we've done it in other circumstances, yes, it's it's we've, it's it's, it's often a taken a time. much much longer time, and sometimes we've People had actually, tentative. 
We've had to actually have um, friends in the ritual who will, yeah, sort of like shills, you know, who will um, start, particularly with the making a little bit of noise, you know, who will, who will be like, can you start with some, you know, just make, you know, some, do some like heavy breathing. You guys on just the other hand so, make a lot of noise. It was good. Just so. <laughs> So people don't feel inhibited. So people and feel like, oh, it's okay to make noise. I can make noise. And once you get people making noise, then they're all sort of hearing each other, and that yeah, yes. energetically yeah. comes Joins off it. back and forth, and, and people and the hear noises, it, and it brings it up. The noise has changed as I walk people oh, yes, first through have. female, and then through male, and then back to the middle. And, that, and yeah, that's always fascinating. It was interesting to hear how the noise has changed a great deal. And my noises, I was really surprised. I just, I got very guttural and animalistic, and, and it got... It got deeper. I mean, it really did. It was very... It was fun listening to you with your car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a real honor to actually have somebody else guide the energy. Mm. Mm. I do, um, when I do sex magic or ritual, however I term it at the time, I'm usually the one who's guiding it for myself outward or with the person that I'm involved with in the moment. And it was nice to be part of a ritual when somebody else was taking that and had that ability to move it, so I didn't have to focus on that for a change. Yeah. Uh, so I want to say from that piece, it was just a really beautiful gift. And to go through that shape-shifting process, I've been looking forward to this since we first started about talking about it <laughs> six months ago, and it was more than I could have imagined and hoped for, and I just am still happily affected by it. Yeah. And I wonder... If you could share one thing from each of the two other workshops as a tip that you wanted to give everybody. So the first one being for Kiddushti or sex workers who want to work with clients to be more conscious and aware of dealing with um, gender considerations. And then the afternoon class in the middle was for dating and relationships with transge transgendered partners, if I got the title correctly. Yeah. Um, if you loving two in one. Yes. Loving two in one. It's such a beautiful name. Uh, Although we were at a conference once with that in the title, and we had um, about a third of the people in the room showed up because they thought that we were talking about doing threesomes. Yeah, I <laughs> and when we said that, when we said that, no, we're talking about about transgender relationships issues, with trans. About people. a third of the people were like, "Really? Oh, never mind," and they got up. <laughs> it was very sad. <laughs> if there's just one tip that you could give people who weren't able to make it to the workshops. Sure. That'd be great. Um, so from the uh, from the first work workshop for working with um, for people who do sacred sexual work with others um, and are interested in working more um, effectively and appropriately with uh, people with a wide variety of gender expressions, my first advice would have to be try it out on someone who's not in that context first. Um, find someone who is. Uh, a friend or um, or some, someone who you can relate to sexually in a more casual recreational and kind of way. And if you have no transgender friends, what's wrong with you? Get some. Find some transgender <laughs> friends to have sex with. Or um, find a professional. Or find a professional. Find yes. another professional. Find someone who you can have an experience of a non-traditionally gendered body with when you are, don't have to be on. Where you can have your learning experience without that impacting. And perhaps your initial sort of reaction to, wow, a body, uh, anatomically different, uh, yeah. Have that when you're not the one in charge. Yes. Because that's... They have your that. learning experience on your own time, basically. Um, and also, Josh talked a lot about learning to touch someone's body in a way that communicates that you, you and your imagination see that body 
in, in a way that's different from it is, and actually touching something that is X and and communicating that you see Y and you are touching Y. Yes, that your hands, that you not saying it with your mouth, but your hands communicate from your body to their body that you're feeling that gender expression that they want to feel. You're feeling that gender expression through their body, even though their physical body is not manifesting that gender at the moment. Which brings us to the second workshop, uh, where I said the most important thing, if you come away with anything, come away with the fact that, that the best thing you can bring to a relationship with someone who's transgendered is, is a good imagination. Yes. And the ability to, to see them as they want to be seen, even if that shifts back and forth. And the ability to, to love them in every phase and to be attracted to them in every phase and to make love to them in every phase in a way that says, I see you like this and I love you like this. I see the you that you want to be, that you feel that you are, regardless of where that is. And being okay with that and being able to show it, you need imagination for that. You really do. You need to not be so bound to the, well, this is what I'm seeing. No. You no, well, sure. you're, how can I do this? Because you're really a whatever. Yeah. Remember that the, the biggest sex organ is the brain. Uh, well, what I would like to, to share from the second workshop then, and, and this is a more difficult one, is that if you are involved with someone who is in the process of exploring their gender, particularly in the process of, of um, exploring a gender transition, um, they are likely to go through a period where that gender transition is the primary focus of all of their mental and emotional energy. It is a very all-encompassing thing. If they're taking hormones, they're going to be thrown on an on a emotional roller coaster that you haven't seen since your teens. And it, they have to go through that puberty again. They have to go through that teenage phase of self-exploration, no matter how old they are. If they get over it. 50s, it doesn't matter. They need to go through a period of time of finding themselves, of finding their gender expression. During that time, they may be a little self-absorbed. They may need to put all of their resources into that. They may not have a whole lot to give to even the most wonderful and supportive partner, and it's a very challenging situation for a partner to, to deal with, but they do get through it. Yes, like the they terrible two, you have to keep saying, this too shall pass, this yes. too shall pass. Yes, just like the teenagers, <laughs> they grow up, the, 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 things find their level, people explore, they come out of that, and generally there's a recognition of like, wow, okay, so I'm cool with where I am now, wow, thank you so much for being there, I'm so sorry for not being able to... <laughs> to give you more during that time, but really, it's like someone who's going through a, um, it's like if they were in chemotherapy. They would need to put all their resources into get, to dealing with getting through that experience, and they may not have a lot to give, and that's, it's unfortunate, but they get through it. Maybe not, not every trans person has this experience, but many of them do, and it's very reassuring, I've found, to partners to hear that, oh, it's not just that Gender exploration has turned them into a jerk. They're just going through their process, and they will come out the other side of it. Well, and Joshua, didn't you say that on average that takes about two years, though? And I would say a year to two years. Depends. It depends, but that's the time frame I would expect. If they're still doing it after two years, there's probably some other issues going on there. But the, it, went, it all went really well, and we'd love to do it again eventually. And uh, yes. ho hopefully we've taught a lot of folks about how wonderful and how beautiful and terrific that trans people actually are, and how sacred every aspect 
of our bodies and our, our, our existence is. And how fascinating and powerful it can be to explore your own expression of gender regardless of where you are in that. And in regards to that, I really appreciate you guys going over all the uh, initial landmines for both of us that's going to be new and the suggestions in terms of go do the, do the learning on our own timetable. Ruth's suggestion like about go and Google it, go find yes. uh, the pictures. Yeah. And then there was another suggestion. Excuse your friend. Right. And then the, <laughs> yeah. there was another suggestion that was mentioned that I don't know if you guys realize the value of it. Go read some trans porn or uh, trans erotica. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, that would be beneficial as well because there's a mindset in there. Um, I definitely uh, uh, encourage Ruth's suggestion about finding visual imagery of transgendered bodies because that is surprising. It's it's visually jarring for many people because they're just, they've never seen a body with sexual characteristics that were mixed in that way. And so when they see it, there's this like, whoa, this moment of shock. It's not appropriate in the class for, to, for me to tell Josh to drop his pants. If you are, <laughs> if you are the trans person receiving that moment of shock, that can be a profoundly traumatizing experience. Whereas if you've seen that before, then it's not as quite as jarring. And you're like, oh, okay, I have seen men with vaginas. You know, I have seen... Uh, women with penises. I have seen surgical genital reconstruction and what the results, what the variety of different results that you get from that sort of thing tend to look like. So, and now every trans body is different, just like every body is different. Okay. But if you've seen some examples, you can have a better sense and not be so like, whoa, okay, wow, what's yeah. going on here? Yeah, and it's not like what you see in porn. No. That's what, that's what it's not like what you see in please, porn. Please, please, please do not She-male porn, not yeah. real. So finding any kind of uh, respectful imagery is great. And real quick, you had a few books that you had for sale there yes. that, were, that were extremely pertinant to um, the topic okay. we were talking about today. In terms, of, in terms of books, if you want like spiritual stuff, I did write Hermaphrodites, which is the Transgender Spirituality Workbook. If you're looking Which for talks not, about the myths in, uh, in various cultures related to that transgender is expression. It's also on Amazon. That's uh, Hermaphrodites by Raven Caldera. And, and then we also have Alfred Press, which is our little cooperative where we're putting out um, alternative relationship books. And that's where we, we've got Double Edge, which is the BDSM and transgender brand. We've got a whole bunch of um, DS and MS and spirituality stuff there. Um, there we've got poly stuff there. Um, I, I have, I've written the book Polyamory and a Power Dynamic, which has nothing to do with trans stuff, but it's the only thing out there on poly yes. and a Power Dynamic. Um, so Alfred Press might be interesting to you guys, just as sort of like a here's a... And there's also like workbooks and things, the poly workbook, but not by us, but by another author. Okay. But there's lots of good resources that we're trying to salt the world with more. Cool. Yeah. Yay, <laughs> throw more out there. You know, I'm glad that they're changing the world, seven demographics at a time. I'm trying, I'm trying. I'm really glad that it worked for you guys and that you were like, well, that was kind of weird, but okay. But I'm glad it really... No, I'm, I'm so pleased, I'm so pleased with how it came off.